say this after me. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I mean, everybody can relate to that, can't you? I mean, you may not have said it that exact way in your head, but you said it, right? Um, that's, one of the, that's one of the things when it comes to words is uh, you can't take them back. That's one thing, right? It's kind of like it's hard to take a word back once you say it. It's kind of like toothpaste out of the tube. It's out there. Um, I've had more moments than I care to, to talk about. Um, uh, so we want to talk for a few, when I've said stuff that I thought, well, there goes that toothpaste. Anyway, um, hopefully that won't happen too much this morning, but it may. And I just ask for your forgiveness in, in, uh, uh, right up front. But uh, the reason I feel good about that or the possibility of you forgiving me is because I know that uh, just so you remember what you've said uh, at times. But uh, we want to talk about not wasting our words. Uh, We initially titled this, Don't Waste Your Breath, but we wanted to be a little more specific. There's a lot in Scripture around words. Uh, This has been a wonderful series this summer, and uh, we come to this real critical place Uh, where we want to talk about our words. Isn't it amazing what was that statistic there? Over 10, uh, however many, was it 10 million words in a lifetime? I heard somebody say at one point that they estimated it would be like uh, reading the whole of the Bible, um, something like 11,000 times out loud. That's about the amount of words that the average person speaks I'm just, one of the questions I have is who counts that? Who's the, who's the counter? But anyway, um, so words are hard to take back. I've had it. I, I remember the, I think it was the second time I preached. Um, I, you know, growing up, we didn't do a lot of theater stuff in that, right? That was just not a part of like our, our vibe in our house. There's a lot of sports and things. And we knew there were theaters, uh, but we just knew they were there because we drove past them and we had other people that we knew that went to theaters. But I remember I was using, uh, I was using uh, La Miserable as an example in my first or my, my second talk. And I said, less miserables. Uh, and talked about the character Jean Valjean. And uh, fortunately, in the church I was in, it was pretty small, and there were a lot of other athletes that didn't go to the theater in there, so there wasn't too much pushback. But uh, my sister-in-law, who was like a theater major, just totally enjoyed me that day. Um, one time I was preaching, and um, at the end of the second service, one of my friends that lives out of town came up to me, and you know, one of the things that I've tried to do since I gave my life to Christ, this is like a personal conviction, is I... I have tried not to use profanity, and um, uh, it happens uh, at times in my head, but I try not to say it, you know, Um, and that's just one of those things for me, and I I just tried to, so I'm preaching away, and I continued to use this term that we used when we were growing up, Uh, and I don't even want to say it now because the guy told me, he came up, and he said, you know, that's a German swear word. And I must have said it 10 times in each service, so I felt great about that. He got the biggest kick out of it. He said, I heard you don't like to swear. He says, well, you were swearing like mad during the service. So that's always fun. But the scripture tells us in Proverbs 18.21 that the power 
of life and death is in our tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And that's what I want to talk to you about for a few minutes today, is the fruit of our words. If we could all just think for a moment, because there's so many things that we could talk about when it comes to our words, if we could simply pay attention to our words as though they were seeds. The words that we speak are seeds. They are seeds that bring life, or they are seeds that can bring death or harm. They can bring pain. They can bring destruction. The Bible starts off right in the beginning with God speaking. God speaks creation into existence. He speaks and It all begins there, the power of life. God creates by simply speaking forth. He could have done it any other way, could have have done it however he wanted. It was important apparently to God to speak life forth. And right away after he begins to speak life forth and begins this process of human history, then right away the enemy comes in and speaks and speaks death, speaks death into Adam and Eve's life, uh, lies to them, tells them that the words that God has spoken to them about not uh, partaking of the, the certain tree in the garden, uh, that that was just basically not true, and God had an agenda, and it was a lie, and out of that, death begins. So it really is true, and you see it throughout Scripture, that the power of death and life are in the tongue So words are like seeds. So scriptures, when you start to think about our words being like seeds, just consider your own words like seeds. Think of the scripture, for instance, in Matthew 13, 31, it says, and Jesus told them another parable, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. And though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants And it becomes a tree so that birds of the air may perch in its branches. Napoleon Hill says it this way, says, think before you speak because your words and influence will plant the seeds of either success or failure in the minds of another person. So if our words can be seeds, then simply put, there must be uh, somehow some of the seeds if death can come from words... If pain can be inflicted from words or lack can come from words, and there must be seeds that are sown that are bad seeds, and bad seeds can bring injury. In James uh, chapter 3, 5, and 6, it says this, it says, so also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts great exploits. How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire. The tongue is a fire. The tongue is placed among our members as a world of iniquity. It stains the whole body, sets fire the cycle of nature, and itself set on fire by hell. The potential of doing damage is is profound when it comes to the words that we use. Damage even against ourselves and certainly against others. I recently read a Facebook kind of survey, one of those where the question is asked, a question is posed, and the responses, and in this Facebook kind of survey, um, the question was posed, 
what were the most harmful things ever said to you? And these were some of the, some of the redundant ones. I'll just leave it at that. No one will ever want to be with you, one person said. You are damaged goods. You're lazy. You're irresponsible. You're not smart enough. How stupid can you be? Why can't you be like your brother or why can't you be like your sister? I wish you were never born. I never want to see you again. No one will ever love you. You are useless. You will never amount to anything. You are a disappointment. You and your siblings were in the way of me making a life. I'm not attracted to you anymore. No one will ever want to marry you. You will never amount to anything. You lost the game for us. I've met someone else. It's your fault that your mom left me. It's your fault that, my, that your dad left me. I hate you. Words clearly, bad seeds that can cause pain and destruction. And I just want to say to you today, if you've ever heard any of those words spoken to you, that God is here with you. We've all had words, bad seeds planted in our own life, and know this, that God can carry that. The enemy is trying to bring destruction in our life through the seeds that are sown by bad words, but it's God that wants to bring life and life to the full. But it's not only the seeds that are sown into our life, spoken over us by other people. That is damaging enough, but many times it's the words that we speak over ourselves, our own words. Things like, I'm a failure. Words about, I'll never get out of debt. Or prophecy over our own health saying, well, everybody in my family ends up with that disease, so that's what's going to happen to me. I'll never live into the career that I've always wanted because I'm just not good enough. I don't even know why I was ever born. I don't know why anyone could ever love me. The problem with the words we speak over ourselves, or that other people can speak over us that are bad seeds in our life are many times they're problem-centric. And God's instruction throughout Scripture is that we would be promise-centric when it comes to the words of God. The reality is there are very challenging things that go on in our life, but God wants our words to be filled with good seeds. See, to plant, put it this way, to plant bad seeds in your life and mine, to speak something over myself or to speak something over you that's a bad seed is my partnering with the enemy himself. It's the enemy that speaks death and lack and loss and pain over our lives. The scripture says that the enemy of our soul stands before God consistently accusing us. And it can become addictive, these things that sometimes we speak over ourselves or other people. See, this is where Satan finds his way clearly in our life is through the seeds of our words. It destroys marriages, friendships, families. And sometimes our remarks can create offenses that go on for the rest of our life. I heard a story about a cop, he pulled over this couple and it was a 55 mile an hour speed zone and he, the guy was going 80 miles an hour and the cop pulls him over and you know, says, I guess you probably know 
why I pulled you over. And the husband begins to protest right away. He says, well, I have my cruise control set at 55 miles per hour. And his wife kind of leans over and blurts out that there is no cruise control in this car. So the cop starts writing the second ticket and for not wearing seatbelts, and the husband claims, I took the seatbelt off as soon as you pulled me over, and the wife leans over again and blurts out, she says, he never wears his seatbelt, officer. And the cop begins to write the third ticket for the broken taillight, and the husband says, I didn't even know I had a broken taillight, and the wife leans over again and says, I remind him all the time about the broken taillight. So the husband finally looks at her and says, would you just shut up? And the cop gently asks her, does your husband always speak to you that way? And she says, oh no, only when he's been drinking, officer. (laughs) (laughs) Sowing seeds that are bad bring bad things. We're invited by, by James and by others throughout scripture to sow what I would call better seeds. Seeds that bring hope. Better seeds can bring hope. Proverbs 12.25 says, An anxious heart weighs a person down, but a kind word cheers him up. In another version, I like this other version even better, it says, Anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down, but a good word makes it glad. All of us love better seed, hope-filled words, encouraging words sown into our life. When a father or a mother tells their child that they can do it, it is the planting of seed to be a great student, a great leader, a great athlete, and on and on and on it goes. When you speak good, better words into the life of your friend or your marriage, into your marriage or into the community, you're speaking greatness over those people. See, it really does take life It begins to root in our lives what's spoken over us. In the Old Testament, the primary way of imparting blessing was by words. The passing of blessing was by the laying on, primarily the laying on of hands and the speaking over one generation to the next. It was a proclamation of words and the power of those words brought better lives generationally. It brought better lives relationally. It brought better lives to nations. Jesus is a beautiful example of using words to bring goodness into the lives of people through words. It's Jesus. Just pay attention when you read how often Jesus speaks something over a person. He could have used so many different mechanisms to bring goodness in our lives and does But pay attention to how often it's through his words that things are released. It's Jesus that says to the woman caught in the act of adultery, who condemns you? Go and sin no more. And she's set free. On the road to Emmaus, the two guys that are troubled after Jesus dies on the cross and they're going back and they're downcast. And the scripture says that Jesus goes for a walk with them. And spends time speaking and talking to them. They don't even, they're not even aware at that point that it's Jesus. And they say, after the conversation with Jesus, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked to us on the road? Words. Jesus would speak to a storm to be still. 
He would tell Lazarus to come forth from the dead. He tells the thief on the cross that today you will be with me in paradise. And he tells a paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Jesus uses words to set us free, to encourage us, to admonish us, to strengthen us. And he desires that we would use the words that he gives us to set others free and encourage them as well. Never underestimate, for instance, the power of the benediction at the end of the service. One of the most powerful moments every Sunday morning in our service is the end of the service. It's not just like that in the winter where it's like, okay, I can hit my electric car start now because they're about to do the benediction. That's not why we do a benediction. A benediction at the end of the service is to speak blessing into all of our lives, to to empower us and encourage us that we would take what we've all experienced in the hour or hour and a half together and realize that God has something that lasts beyond this time together. Words are powerful. Receive those words. Receive that blessing as your own because it's meant to be your own. Now, how do we practice sowing better seeds? I think one of the good ways to practice is simply to imagine. Imagine that everyone around you, everyone you come into contact with, everyone sitting by you perhaps even today, imagine that they have a sign that they're carrying so that you can see it that would simply say, please say something to help me feel valuable today. Say something to encourage me. If we can just be mindful that everybody is in a way caring about this sign, there's nobody that doesn't want to be blessed by somebody saying something good over their lives. Studies have shown that 78% of employees leave their position to go to another position because the environment lacks encouragement. Most of us would say it's because it lacks not enough money, I don't have enough benefits. Those certainly are are variables. But the number one reason people go from one workplace to the next, one work environment to the next, is the environment lacks encouragement. Imagine what our workplaces could be like if we just spoke blessing. If you want to be a great leader, you want to be a great business leader, you want to be a great leader of teams, you want to promote people into their best self, encourage them, use your words to bless them, think it through and allow God to work through you. Another study says that the primary indicator of divorce There's a lot of different reasons that would come up in our minds, but clearly the primary indicator of whether a couple will divorce is complaining and criticism. It's confirmed by one of the primary institutes for these kinds of statistics in our country called the Gottman Institute and also a study out of the University of Denver. If you want your marriage to be healthy, encourage your spouse. Stop criticizing Stop complaining. Stop condemning. See, the converse of that, the converse of speaking things over people, is what the Bible describes as a word in season. Have you ever gotten a word in season? You know, that word that just came from the mouth of somebody that you just 
gravitated for, and you can remember it at times for the rest of your life. Some of you, when you were a kindergartner, had somebody speak into your life, and you to this day remember it because it was so life-giving to you. Proverbs 25, 11 says, a word fitly spoken is like an apple of gold in a setting of silver. So many of us, I would contend probably all of us, in spite of the fact that we remember some of the bad seeds sown, we've had those fitting words spoken over us. And they they just bring life to us. And I would encourage all of us to remember that and to celebrate that, but also to realize the opportunity that we all have to make a difference in one another's lives. It's an interesting time of year right now because we're getting ready, and this is like, again, like, kind of like swearing in church. It's getting close to going back to school, at least swearing for the kids. But we start to change. We begin to shift, and uh, some folks start to coach this time of year. Their seasons are just starting to rev up. And teachers are getting ready, and, and business leaders, this seems like a different shift in season. We're, we're getting ready to go out of vacation time and move into being more focused. Never underestimate the power that God has given you to make a huge difference to plant good seeds in the lives of those you're with. If you're a teacher, impart goodness. If you're a coach, a leader, parent, a grandparent, an aunt or an uncle. What a privilege for us to be able to speak blessing. Claire said it as the kids left today. Just say a word. Just say something. If you are a mentor, a friend, an employer, a a boss, a, a business owner, a supervisor, a neighbor, what a privilege to be able to speak goodness into one another's lives which leads into this best way we can use our words, see, because the best seeds can bring eternal life. In the book of Ezekiel 37, uh, Ezekiel is a prophet and he's living at a very difficult time in history and it's a very discouraging time. And he says this in 37, starting with verse uh, three, he talks about how God led him in the spirit into this valley And in this valley, it was very dry. And he says that God said to me, mortal, can these bones live? Because it's just a valley of dead bones. It looks like just dried out dead humanity. He says, oh, Lord God, you know. And then he said to me, prophesy. In other words, speak under my inspiration. Take my word and speak to those bones and tell them dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. And then God says, I'll give them breath. And breath started to enter and they start to come together. And then he tells them, just keep telling them that they will live. And verse 7, he says, so I prophesied and I've been commanded. And as I prophesied, as I spoke it forth, speaking unto dead bones, there became a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. It looked like there were sinews on them and flesh had come upon them. Skin had covered them. But there was no breath. And then he said, prophesy. Prophesy breath, mortal, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come forth from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon the slain that they may live. 
So he breathes and breath comes into them and they lived and stood on their feet a vast multitude. See, for many of us, or maybe for all of us, it's time to speak a new message. We need to start, first of all, with the dry bones in our own lives, the place where we feel little hope or little life or lack of joy. It's time to speak a new message to prophesy over our own dryness, to speak into our own life, exchange things like I'm done, I'm too far gone, I'm hopeless, my life will never get better, God could never forgive me, begin to prophesy with the words that God has given to you and to me and to all of us, things like you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. If God is for you, who can be against you? No weapon formed against you could ever prosper. Be on your guard, O man or woman of God, and stand firm in your faith. Be courageous and be strong. Be in health and prosper even as your soul prospers. Do not lose heart. Fix your eyes not on what is seen but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. The best seeds bring about eternal life. Speaking of eternal life and seeds and words, Peter puts it this way. For you have been born again, not with a perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. Bad seeds are those seeds that bring injury. They're brought about by unkind words or acts. Better seeds are the ones that can bring hope. And planting good seed can be as simple as telling someone how much you appreciate them. But then there's those best seeds. All of us that have given our life to Christ can relate to the fact that at some point somebody sowed a seed of eternal life and they use words to help that happen. See, it's interesting because you could sow a hundred seeds in the soil and not all of them will produce possibly. The scripture talks about different types of soils and so it is even when we try to bring the best seed. But if I throw a hundred seeds in the soil, then I can, I can assume that if the soil is halfway decent, I'm going to get some return on those 100 seeds. Maybe 25 of those seeds will produce. But the thing about seeds and the thing about the best seeds that we have to share, our faith, is if you never sow those seeds, they have no chance of producing eternal life in somebody's life. So as we head out of here today, I just want to remind all of us to be sure to be the kind of people, first of all, that are sowing good seeds into our own life, speaking over our own life, goodness, the goodness of God, speaking into one another's lives, God's goodness, those good seeds of encouragement and hope. And then let's be the kind of people that are being sure that we're taking the best that we have to offer, which is beyond us, and it is eternal life, that can only come this imperishable seed, Peter says, 
the word of God, to share that with people, to share that with our friends. The best treasure you can give to anybody that is around you is the word of God and God's love for them and their opportunity to be forgiven of their sins and to spend their life eternally with God himself. God bless you guys. Stand together. We're going to um, actually sing the scripture that you talked about from Ezekiel. Say the word. And um, we're going to, some of us are going to sow our seed into the offering here. We have baskets at the front and in the back. Um, one of the things when we um, drop off our bills at the mailbox, Scott always speaks a blessing over the bills as he puts them in the mailbox. So he's, he, he's been doing this for as long as I've known him. Say thank you, God, that we have the ability to pay the light bill. And I just bless the people that are working at Consumers Power and pray that, you know, you bless their families, whoever touches my check. He's still, a, he's a dinosaur. He's, he doesn't online. <laughs> and, um, and, and so I wonder, you know, whether you're giving in the offering today, whether you want to light a candle and speak a blessing over someone that you know is having trouble or write some words of blessing on the board in these final minutes together, um, let's plant some seeds. Let's plant seeds of hope. Let's plant seeds of courage. Let's plant seeds that actually build up the person that um, you came with, that you're going home to, and, and be bringing this out. So we're going to sing this song together as a prayer, wherever you want to pray, at the offering baskets, at the prayer board, at the light board, and then we will, Scott will give us that final benediction. Say the
words we can hang on today. Words of life and hope, strength and courage and blessing. And I bless my friends in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And I bless them with the word you speak over them, which is my beloved child on whom my favor rests. And that all week long they would be hearing those words and allowing those words to take root. Your beloved child, letting eternal words, eternal words that say that we belong to God, that we are the children of God. We are the sons and daughters of God. And that those words are the words of truth and hope and life. I bless them with the ability to let go of any word that doesn't fit, but to only listen to words that resonate with who you say they are. And so let the children of God, let the people of God say so this week. Let the people of God say that they belong to you at every turn, with every blessing, with every difficulty, let them remember to let the words of Christ dwell in them richly and springing up and bringing life to other people. Let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth except for that which is good, for edification, that it may impart grace to the hearer. That to you and from you the words of Christ will dwell richly. Amen. Have an awesome week, everybody. Love you.